Welcome to the Altruistic Traveller podcast, interviews with influential changemakers from around the world. That recycling is no longer sufficient to, to deal with these. That type of volunteering actually is proving to be more harmful. Trying to elevate poverty. I mean, they didn't see me that way. They see me as a human being, someone who needs help. Be inspired, educated and moved by global initiatives making this world a better place. For more stories and resources, please visit thealtruistictraveler.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. Today I'm speaking with Paul and Sandra, a Gen X couple passionate about life and our beautiful planet and who are the founders of the Minimalist Journeys platform. Farewelling their well-paying corporate careers in Sydney in 2016, Paul and Sandra have made it their mission to help others experience more by living with less. On their website, www.minimalistjourneys.com, the couple provides practical advice and simple tested tools to people who want to design a better life for themselves and pursue what truly matters to them and travel in a more authentic and respectful way. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Great to have you. I am so aligned with the values behind your platform. Uh, let's. I would love to hear about both of your background and the story that led you to create Minimalist Journeys and to be on this actual journey today. Oh, I'll pass it, pass it over to Sandra, Sandra then, if that's the case. <laughs> I try to be. I try to be short because I could talk about this for ages. Um, yeah, Paul and I, we both um, had a corporate career. Uh, up until um, 2016, September, um, I worked as a, a management consultant for the largest um, Australian financial institution and Paul for an international um, IT company. And uh, in my specific case, I worked really long hours, um, left in the morning in the dark in winter and came home in the dark in winter, um, often, you know, 12 hour days um, and didn't have actually much time to enjoy the beautiful four bedroom house that we had or, or spend an awful lot of time on things that I really enjoyed doing, you know, going swimming, even yoga, etc. or spend time with with our friends. So really only this happened on the weekends. And whilst I earned good money in that career, I also was put often on the spot and support or had to support projects that didn't align with my values because of the nature of my job of being a management consultant. So um, over time, Paul and I kind of discovered minimalism. About 2014 or so, we, we met uh, the minimalists, um, Joshua and Ryan, before they actually were really famous. Mm, I think so. <laughs> and um, so kind of that started our, our journey of, of assessing our life and, and what is actually important to us and questioning, you know, do we actually live our life? according to our values um, and also during that time we had a few cases in my family specifically where relatives my uncles for example um, died way too young they were still in their 50s or early 60s um, where you know that caused us thinking you know life is short and and is it really the best way we are spending our life you know working for a big corporate where our decisions are supporting something that we are not really we can't put our hearts to so um, we made the decision to change our lives. Um, we realized that what we wanted to do, um, travel the world, can't be done with a big four-bedroom house with a big mortgage on it. Um, and we decided to downsize 
uh, within two years from that big four-bedroom house to, to carry on backpacks. Uh, we managed to do that. And the last five years, basically, that's what we've done. We've traveled around the world, apart from obviously COVID holding us now in New Zealand. But yeah, did you want to no, add I, I, uh, something to that? No, I, I, I guess the thing with um, that, that change in our lifestyle, and, and I don't know if it was a, a certain epiphany or, or it was more just I mean, a number of things that happened to us. Um, we'd gone overseas in uh, 2012 and we'd had a three-month trip overseas where we'd, strangely going from Sydney, we'd travelled to all these countries where, where you can go dancing and we'd actually met through a, a dance school. And it showed us in these countries that people that are the happiest are the people that own the least, uh, had less worries. I mean, obviously, um, everybody needs to earn a living and, and a wage to be able to support the family and, and to be able to live. But it just showed us, coming from a um, an affluent city like Sydney, just how little you actually needed to enjoy life and to be happy. So much to unravel here, and I, and I resonate so much. I think a lot of us have climbed that so-called corporate ladder and, and got to a place where we seemingly had it all only to realize that there was something quite unfulfilling about that. Um, mm. I want to sort of talk about, just go back a bit and talk about, um, Sandra, you, you mentioned that, you know, there was this realization for you that you weren't sort of living a life aligned with your values and you wanted to bring that um, into, you know, this new path and you both shared that. Was that something that sort of happened overnight? Was it, I think in life no one, well, at least in my experience, you know, I, it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I really started to sit down and, and have that conversation with myself and say, well, what are my values? What do I really care about in life? And, you know, what is important to me? And then to first understand that and then bring it into practice. So what was that like for you? Very, very similar, actually. Um, it took me uh, quite a while as well, actually, to to get an understanding of, of my values or for both of us, really. Um, it wasn't definitely wasn't a thing that happened overnight. It, it, it happened gradually. Um, and we um, I had some personal issues that I worked through after uh, my first marriage um, broke down and I saw um, a life coach and, and got some counseling and they kind of brought me on to the um, idea of, of, you know, evaluating as to what, what my values are, what is important to me in my life. That was back in 2008, 2009, before I even knew Paul. But um, even that hadn't kind of led to that massive lifestyle change or life change that we've been embarking, we have embarked on um, in 2016. Um, but when Paul and I got married um, in 2014, we we purposely sat down and, and wrote down our values and we defined um, a commitment statement before we got married um, because I think we both kind of were scared or intentionally uh, initially didn't intend to um, get married a second time but uh, and wanted to make that second marriage last. So. Um, we focus specifically on how did we want to live our life, what was important to us so that we don't run into the problems again that we both ran into in our first marriages. So that really helped us define what our values are and where, and we continue to do that at a regular basis. Every year, every two years, we're looking at, at our values and um, 
see if anything has changed, um, both you know on the, at the, the individual level, but also uh, when it comes to our common values that drive um, our business as well, not just our personal lives. Yeah, beautiful. It seems like that this values exercise actually is not only sort of helping you to define what your life is like, but also helping you in other areas as well, like your relationship. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, very much so. And having those values sort of front and center, you know, almost on a, on a placard in front of us, on a vision board almost, um, it just helps us really focus. And these are these are values that aren't things that we we would like to be. These are the values that we actually live right now. Um, and so for us, it's really important to be able to hold those and say, this is this is the, the things that we're doing. Um, because a lot of time when people sort of see a list of values and go like, uh, yeah, I, I want to be like this, you know, I want to be family oriented or I want to be um, whatever it would, would be, you know, more humorous or, or more um, connected with nature or whatever it is. These are intentions as opposed to how you are right now. So that's why for us, reviewing them on a regular basis, we can actually say, that, you know, has something changed? Because um, as we go through life on a day-to-day basis, things do change. Um, you know, you're different now to now to what you were in your 20s um, because you see things differently in the world. Uh, and certainly travel has, has helped us with that as well. Mm. It's just our value system has certainly changed because of travel. Uh-huh. And you do talk about the way that your values influence the way that you travel. Talk to me a bit about that and about what sort of a message you maybe perhaps initially wanted to portray with minimalist journeys and then even up until now? Well, I, I guess the, the first thing is one, one of our core values, our, our common core values is continuous learning. And that started right from the beginning. And part of that learning is, is from, a, from a travel point of view, and, and Minimalist Journeys is, is all about um, stepping lightly as well. So there's a number of different meanings to, to the, the, the brand and, and the name itself. But one of them is very much um, you know, the typical thing of, of um, um, leave only footsteps or footprints um, in the sand. But the continuous learning component is is really part of that. We we do a lot of uh, planning in our in our travels. We immerse ourselves in the culture. We immerse ourselves in the food. Uh, we love staying with locals. Um, so all those components uh, for us is about how to how to uh, in, in a short space of time in a, in a certain town or city or, or country um, to be able to learn as much as we possibly can about that that country uh, and about the people themselves. Uh, that's that's a a typical sort of um, alignment that we've got. Um, another one of our c- common core values is sustainability, funnily enough. Um, um, but, uh, but for us, um, when it comes to travel, we, as Paul mentioned, we like to stay with locals. We um, like to buy locally in terms of our veggies and, and, and food and, and daily produce. Um, we like to do tours with locals because um, firstly, that um, is more and more an immersive experience to experience kind of what fruit um, grow in the Caribbean and try different recipes um, or, or learn from someone who is, is a local as to how to cook certain local dishes. Um, but it's, it also supports um, the local communities. You know, it's usually 
uh, family run businesses, mum and dads, um, the, the accommodations we stay at, we often stay in just a room of, of, of our hosts and we get to spend a lot of time with them learning, as Paul mentioned, learning a lot from them. But we also know that our funds, our money goes to um, supporting them and their families and their communi communities. Um, so, yeah, that's hugely important for us and, and was is part of the the Minimalist Journeys brand and uh, what it stands for is, is, as Paul said, the treading lightly, but also um, supporting the locals um, because we, we see it as a two-way street. You know, we learn from them, they learn from us, we support them, um, etc. So, yeah. yeah. I think there's something very authentic about that, being able to have those exchanges. And I suppose from my experience and, you know, I've been feeling this lately as well, I feel often to be more sustainable and to have those connections and experiences, I've felt as though it's better to sort of travel a bit slower and a bit more immersive. But, yeah. you know, in order to do that, you need time. And, you know, so I... I have so many people that look at uh, the lives that travelers live that are spending long periods of time in certain places and they think, you know, I, I really would love to do this, but I just don't have the time. Mm. You both really changed your life to be able to do this. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what that was like. You mentioned you had the four-bedroom house, you downsized. I guess this comes into the topic of minimalism. Tell us what that was like for you. Well, I, I think the, the point that you just made about the slow travel, that was, that, that was our realization that um, if we wanted to live our lives by our values and, and have that opportunity of continuous learning and traveling, experiencing the planet before we are too old to be able to do that um we we had to um you know get rid of that 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 big uh, big house and and be location independent only that way we could stay for a year um in the americas and travel around um but also for us and it's become more and more important is is the question of what is actually our carbon footprint because for us as as travelers full-time travelers to, to a degree um, we are quite mindful, you know, that we are not jet-setting around the world and 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 racking up the, the the carbon miles by flying heaps and heaps. Slow travel also enables us to to reduce our carbon footprint. That yes, we have to fly out of New Zealand because there is not much of another option. But after we have reached a continent, um, we can use them. public transport. We can use trains um, and 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 travel slowly and in a more environmentally friendly manner so yeah that's I guess just wanted to add that to to the slow travel part that you just mentioned um in terms of the um the the how it was for us to to change do you mean in terms of if it was difficult um to change from a from a four-bedroom house down to to nothing or what specifically would you like to know yeah, I suppose, I mean, what it really felt like to decide that you were going to make such a sacrifice in your life, mm. you know, we, we're sort of, we grew up in, we grew up in these societies where having the four bedroom house and, and the six figure salary is the dream. And then to decide that that is actually not your dream. I, yeah, I would love for you mm. to just share what that experience was like for you uh, because I think, you know, it, it is 
sometimes quite difficult to be able to cognitively shift that Mm. thought process of what is what you feel not only what you feel is important but what society has kind of told you is important yeah that that becomes um an interesting topic particularly when it's um you're looking at a, a reason for for the changes as well and a lot of the time yeah as people get into their 30s and 40s their, their values become more defined but a lot of the time in terms in terms of these changes it might be a catalyst it might be a divorce um it might be um a parent uh, passing away or, or or a child passing away it might be um being made redundant so something sometimes changes people so that they do have to reflect on their current life situation and then they then they make that change. A lot of the time, it, it, it happens that way, because how do people otherwise um, become more aware that that this lifestyle that they've had previously um, is is not appropriate for them? And I guess the other way is, is through role modeling as well. Um, through maybe seeing what we're doing and, and what you're doing, people will see that as well. And that's certainly what we hope is that um, monkey see, monkey do. Um, that they'll actually see that, that that we're actually enjoying ourselves, that we're we're living our life the way that we want to live, and that we're happy. And so they'll maybe they'll uh, assess their lives accordingly. But I think most of the time it's through some sort of catalyst in their life. Yeah, and as I mentioned before, we, we had a few catalysts um, in in our life, but it is still. I mean, going as you say um, from from the four bedroom house, the security of a of a corporate mm. career, the six figure salary, down to earning your own money through whatever means uh, and income streams uh, you are able to to build up or we are able to build up um, is a huge step. And um, it was scary for us, hugely scary. But on the other hand, we asked ourselves, what's the worst that could happen? You know, we could run out of money or we could not enjoy ourselves or, or whatever it might be. We could still come back and, and find an, a, a job again if that kind of experiment of life change doesn't work out. But on the flip side, if we didn't do it and would continue living the way we lived for us, the loss would have been far bigger if we if we hadn't tried. And we, we set ourselves um, a three-year goal uh, where we said, okay, we, we try this experiment for three years. And if we don't like it, we, we go back to not necessarily corporate careers, but we go back to kind of stationary life, um, et cetera. And we also hope that after three years, our business would be able to sustain ourselves fully. It still doesn't after five years, which is, uh, I, I guess, uh, an issue that you have as a minimalist and, and someone who is very focused on your on, on your values um, that you can't, you know, and you don't want to associate yourselves with, with certain brands and, and, and certain products and services. Um, but it's a total separate matter. Um but um, even after uh, five years, we wouldn't want to return to our previous lives or probably never will want to uh, return to corporate lives. If we ever had to live stationary again, it would be something very specific, very closely aligned with our values here locally, um, supporting the local community and, and really having a career that's totally aligned with our values. I think sometimes when you have the higher salary you you end up just buying more things because you have the money yep. to buy the things I you mentioned that you met the minimalists before they released their uh show which can be found on Netflix there is some some association between being a minimalist and you know affordability would you say 
Yes, yes. Um, I, I think for us, um, our, our minimalism um, comes about by, for us, removing things, and it's not necessarily necessarily physical things, um, physical possessions. It's um, removing digital clutter. It's removing friends that, that don't give us value. Uh, it's removing excesses um, in other ways to allow us to have the time and and the notion to be able to do the things that we want to do. And that's become really important. There are a lot of times and we'll just spend time sitting in a certain place, uh, contemplating or, or uh, meditating because we've got time to do that. And we wouldn't have otherwise been able to do that in our corporate corporate lives. It's also to your point, though, it's it's we are very cognizant that our ability of, of choosing the life we want to live is a privilege. And we are aware of that every single day and, mm. and, and count our blessings that we are able to do that. Um, you know, there are many people in other countries uh, and even here in New Zealand that, that can't do that. They can't afford, you know, not having their stable job or, or they have life circumstances that, that require them to, to be um, stationary and, and live their lives. And, and for a lot of people, the stationary life is, is, is exactly the life that's right for them. In our case, just um, it wasn't. And you know, as I said, having the privilege to be able to change that and 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 create a life or design a life that that suits us to a T, we are aware of of that privilege every single day. It's, it's beautiful to be aware, and I think you know we are often afforded these types of privileges, but at the same time, it is you know your life, your story. Uh, you do make sacrifices to live this life. There. Uh, things that that you give up and we're on our own unique journey so I think um when you sort yeah. of go back to those th that sort of values led mentality I think it's really beautiful to be able to achieve, achieve something like that so you talk in your blog and uh at events about intentional living what do you mean by intentional living um, for us, intentionality with regard to, to our life is to be aware of the decisions that we make, to think about before we make decisions, to be uh, whatever we, we do or we, we don't do, that, that, that is, those decisions are made with purpose, with intent, uh, with thought. Um, and as I mentioned previously, that we live our life aligned with our values and um, use them, use our values as a gauge to assess, is that something we want to do? This is something that we can support or is it something that just doesn't sit right with us? And oftentimes um, it's it's like a, um, like a stone in our stomach or, or not in our stomach that tells us that something doesn't sit right, that, that um, you know, that is a catalyst in a way of questioning whether something that we are asked to do or or um, are, are presented with, um, if that um, is aligned with our values or not. In most cases, as I mentioned, with that not or the, the stone in our stomach feeling, it's a sign that it's not. Um, so for us, intentional living is living align in alignment with our values. Would you like to add here? Yeah, one, one, one of the benefits of downsizing, of not owning much, of not having much, is the time aspect. And with the intentionality side of things, we are able to make better informed decisions because we've got time to be able to research. We've got time to be able to look at what the options are 
as opposed to being forced to make a decision quickly that might come along and bite us later on. And that's one of the big benefits of the lifestyle, I guess, is we're able to work out where we choose to spend our time and how we spend that time doing what we want to do. And for us, intentional living is also intentionally living a simple life. We have intentionally chosen to downsize, to just have carry-on backpacks. We've made some changes to that because we are currently in New Zealand in the sense that we bought a property to eventually live here on the land. But again, the decisions that we are making with regard to that piece of land are driven by our intentions as to how we want to live our life right now and, and into the future. So yeah, it's, it comes back to the same to the same premise. And it's not easy. I mean, you will know that. Um, we, 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 we often swim against the, the current or, or go against the grain with the way we live our lives and often are, are faced in our own family with question marks or hmm. people don't understand why we choose to live the way we live and, and, and make the decisions that we make. But it's, as you say before, everyone is on a unique journey and uh, we try not to judge others for their uh, decisions and, and hopefully are not being faced too much with, with judgment from others as well when it comes to our own decisions. I resonate so much with what you're saying. It's very similar to my journey. And I think the time piece was very important, Paul. I think time is something that we we won't get back. And so it's really important to choose, you know, or, or to open up our lives to have the time just to for the simple things. So you, you speak and you offer online courses that help your audience create the life that they love and incorporate all of the practices that you've learnt on your journey. What is um, some of the advice that you often share with your audience? One of the biggest things in creating a lifestyle is working out the why. And it's one of the first things we ask people because if you don't know your why, uh, why you're doing something, why, uh, why you have that goal, you know, what purpose is it driving? A lot of the time you'll fail because you, you, you haven't worked that out. So uh, the biggest advice for us in terms of people who want to become minimalists or who, who want to downsize or who want to travel is really understanding, working out the why, the really deep why, because without that it's a little bit of a um, fish without a tail. Yeah, it's well, you're, what I found in, in my 20s and into my 30s, it felt like um, I was living life on autopilot and understanding your why, understanding what drives you, what motivates you, uh, changes that. You're suddenly um, kind of the, 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 the captain of your own ship. And um, as Paul said, without that North Star or that direction, you are directionless and on autopilot. So yes, the why is important. And I know that some people struggle with the question, including myself, what is your why? What's your purpose? Why are you on this earth? And for us, the values, understanding your personal values, really in a deep sense, is, is a direction or an indication as to what your why is. It is often easier to understand your values and, and get a better understanding of, of those than to answer the whole big question of, of your purpose in life. And so we recommend people to sit down and understand, write down what what motivates them. When do they feel happiest? On the other hand, you know, what are situations that, that have made them upset in the past? It is often an indication as to where something went against their values. Um, and, and our um, initial course, our first course, is about exactly that. Um, 
so that they create the, the, the first kind of step of, of creating an intentional life and simple life is, is awareness. Without that awareness and, and understanding yet uh, that, you know, you, you can make changes to your life, you can you can go against the grain. Whatever society tells you that's the way to go isn't necessarily the way to go. And as you say, we only have a, a finite amount of time on this planet and we don't know how much that is. So we should be making the best of it and the most of it as much as we can. So for us, creating that awareness or helping people who, who come to our website or see our courses to, to create that awareness about their personal values is the first step in helping them along their journey well thank you so much for sharing all that wisdom and for the uh the content that you put out the way that you help people you touched a bit on how people can uh get in contact with you and find out more uh about your work but just kindly share um for our listeners one last time how we can follow along and uh absorb some more of this wisdom on how to live a more minimalist values-led life. Sure. So our website is minimalistjourneys.com. So that's our, our main uh, source of, of information that we provide. And we are um, a lot of the time on, on uh, Facebook, Pinterest, uh, Instagram, and Twitter uh, through our handle minjourneys. So that's the best way of um, making contact with us or reading up about uh, the information that we uh, we like to impart. All right. Well, thank you so much, Paul and Sandra. It was so great to speak with you today, feeling very inspired. Um, and for all of our listeners, I'll be putting the information about what we spoke about today in the podcast description. Um, please follow along and like the Altruistic Traveller podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. Thanks for coming on the show, Paul and Sandra. Thank you. It's been great talking. Yes.